Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. And while you're here, go ahead and head over to our online platform, thelifeonline.cc, where you'll find content on all kinds of topics like forgiveness, healing, prophecy, faith, and so much more. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc and enjoy today's message. Well, good morning again. How's everyone doing? Darius is good, if you couldn't hear him. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you guys are here. Uh, I didn't say this before, but I'm Hillary. I am the executive pastor here at Fondren. You guys, open your your Sour Punch straws. Get it going. Get comfortable. I'm excited to share the word with you all today. Um, I haven't shared a message since last year, so if I haven't seen you since then, Merry Christmas, Happy Thanksgiving, Happy New Year, and I hope everyone's doing great. And I know we're, we're finally to that point in January where everyone will stop saying Happy New Year. Like, I think this is one of the last days we get to do that. And I know every year when we start, I don't know, I won't speak for everyone, but I can speak for myself, <laughs> where we set goals, right? So we're all drinking those giant jugs of water. We're all kind of going to the gym at least a little bit more than we did last year, right? More or less. May have started a book because we want to up our reading in the new year, all of that good stuff, right? No, just me? I'll confess, I didn't make a, a, a gym goal this year because I know myself. <laughs> My goal is walking, like just to walk like a little bit more. But I bring all this up because, you know, we just wrapped up 21 days of prayer and fasting here at Word of Life. Did anybody partake, partake in that? Participate? Partake? Yeah? Okay, well, I pray that the Lord revealed some things to you during that time. But the Lord wanted me to kind of share with you guys because I feel like a lot of times when we get out of our 21-day fast, we kind of give ourselves that pat on the back, we did it, and then we kind of like forget to maintain those habits after the 21 days, right? We set these goals. The whole, the whole point of 21 days is to press into God. But there's no amount of pressing into him that is like too much, And I feel like there can come a time when we come out of those seasons where we can get a little, a little stagnant, right? Stagnant in our faith. I was talking to someone about this last week and I I shared a post about it, but like we go through spiritual droughts or ruts, or at least I do. You guys are probably perfect and chosen and that never happens to you, but it's definitely happened to me where there have been times when I didn't open my Bible as much as I should have, or I didn't pray as much as I thought I would or knew that I should. And I can honestly say, you know, we try to live no regrets. I definitely regret the times that I don't spend with God when I know that I'm supposed to. And yeah, when I, whenever I've been in those seasons, it results in me growing like really stagnant and just lifeless in my faith walk. And when you look up stagnant, that word means showing no activity. It's dull and sluggish. So in other words, you're not going anywhere. It's lifeless. It's boring. It's not cute at all. (laughs) That's what it means to be stagnant. A lot of the times when we think of stagnant, we think of water, water that's just been sitting. You know, those water bottles that you've probably left in your room for way too long or in your car, stagnant. Just me? Okay. (laughs) But 
whenever you have times where you are stagnant in your life, you see the results of those things in a number of ways. I can remember when there was a time where I was like stagnant in my fitness and I decided to join a boot camp and it kicked my tail. I, that first day of training was rough. It was one of those boot camps where you wake up at like five in the morning and you have to meet on a, on a football field. And if you're not there, the coach is going to yell at you and call you out and send you home. And I just remember the warm up alone was so rough. I literally, I fell I had to laugh at myself. I thought I was going to have an asthma attack. Meanwhile, there are other athletes that are just high knees. They know what that means. I didn't know what that meant. And I still had to go for it. And I promise you, when I say I fell, I literally ate turf. Like, I fell. We were doing bear crawls. I'll never forget it. It was very humbling. (laughs) But the reason that happened, the reason I was so sluggish is because I had been stagnant in that relationship with my body. But the same thing can happen in our faith. And it happens for any number of reasons. I know sometimes you get busy. You just get kind of overwhelmed with all the day-to-day in your life that you forget, oh, right, I was supposed supposed to finish my reading plan today, and I totally forgot. Or I was driving to work, and normally on your way to work, that's when you pray. That's like your prayer time, you and the Lord. But someone called you, so you got hung up on, or like caught up in the phone call that you forgot to have that conversation with God. It happens. Other times you just straight up forget, and that's okay too. I'm a very forgetful person, and which is like worrisome, because I know when I'm like a golden girl, it's going to be really bad if I can barely remember things now. I tell myself it's because, like, I listen to a lot of music and song lyrics just have taken up that bandwidth. But there's any number of reasons that you can grow stagnant. And your relationship with God can be lifeless. And before you know it, it's been a week, it's been a month, it's been two months, three months, and you haven't even put that time in. And you... The voice of God grows to be a little more unfamiliar because you haven't spent time with him. It's okay. We can turn that around. We're going to catch it now so that when you do face these times, when you do face these seasons, you know what to do to break out of it. Sometimes you go into these seasons because you're mad and you're upset with God. And that's okay. Things happen in this life, and we respond emotionally, and sometimes you're angry with God. I want to tell you, if that's you, God can handle your anger. He can handle your wrath. He's going to forgive you and help take you further. But there are things that you can do to make sure that you don't stay in that space, right? Think of any relationship that you have when you're dating someone, You want to grow in that, but imagine not talking to your spouse for a week, two weeks, a month, a few months. Where would your relationship be? You have to put in the work. You have to take the time and be intentional. There was a time in my life where I was like, (laughs) so you guys, those of you who know, I used to live in New York, and there was a time in my life where I quit my job, and I was what I like to call fun employed which is when you like don't have a job at all and you're just kind of like living your life, spending all your savings, which you're like, it's fine. <laughs> It'll be okay. And during that time, I actually pressed into God so much more because I would be taking the train places and it would take me 30, 45 minutes. So I had like built in time to read the word or to pray 
Or like I said, I wasn't working. So I'd wake up at like 10, 1030, make a coffee if I had money for coffee (laughs) and I would spend time with God. And it was just so automatic in my day. And then fast forward, I moved back to Mississippi and I jumped into full-time ministry. And that window that I had where I was spending all this time with the Lord slowly started to shrink. And I told myself it was okay because I worked for a church. So obviously everything I do is for God, involving God and whatnot, right? These are lies that we tell ourselves. It wasn't true. I was working. It became a job, not my choice, right? Imagine seeing your your partner only at work and that was it without any of that extra one-on-one time. It wasn't enough. And I was growing really stagnant in my faith, even though I was in ministry, which, I mean, I hope you guys know, I'm very honest. So I hope that doesn't shock anyone. I'm much better now. (laughs) Don't worry. I'm spending a lot of time with him these days. But I could see it affecting how I walked around in my day-to-day. It changed how I treated people. It changed how I held myself. I didn't have that, to me, that light or that glow that comes with knowing God. It changed everything about me. And some of you, you're like, well, that's all good, Hillary, but that's not me. I got it. I have my routine set. I wake up at five in the morning. Glory to God. The sun is rising. My Bible is open. I'm deep. I'm in revelation. You can't say anything. Good for you. (laughs) Very proud of you. But some of us are not quite there. We're not the early risers. (laughs) And that's all right. But Or you might tell me that you have your routine and that you're steady. There is a difference in being steady and being stagnant. And sometimes we get the two confused. So steady, steady means regular, even, and continuous in development. And when you say continuous in development, that means it's getting a little more developed every time. So I would challenge you, those of you who have the routine set, are you still developing your relationship with God? Because there will be a period in your life where you can do the verse of the day and say you're our father and that'll be enough. But you might be in a place in your faith where you like might need to push it a little further. Read two verses a day. Hello. And say like a personal prayer to God. It's important that we are steady in our faith and we're growing in our faith. And sometimes you have to change your habits in order to get there. And again, I bring this up because we're at that point of the year where we're feeling all oily. We're feeling good. We just came out of prayer conference, you know, all that good stuff. We're still listening to our worship playlist, but every now and then one of our other playlists starts to slip in. This is the time to catch it. Does that make sense? Because God wants that relationship with you. He wants intimacy with you. And so when we sing songs like, I just want you, you're all that I want. It has to mean something because that's what he says to us every day, that he wants us. He chooses us even when we mess up, even when we don't wake up at 530 in the morning to do our Bible study. He's still choosing us. And it's time to reciprocate. And I'm talking about relationship. And I know I I bring up this dating reference. I'm going to bring it up a couple times because it's the one that makes the most sense to me. But can you imagine you're on a date with 
with your significant other, right? If you're married, this is early days. Like when you first saw them and your heart was just like, wow, right? Or if you're newly dating and you see this person, your heart is still like, wow. (laughs) Imagine going on your first date and it's movies and you have dinner and at dinner you talk about ABC and then you go out again and it's movies, dinner, and you talk about A, B, and C again. And then you have another date, and it's movies, dinner, and we're talking about A, B, C. See, you guys are already bored of my analogy. (laughs) You might say that you're going steady, but really I would say that relationship is going stagnant. Because in a relationship, you want to get to D, E, F, and all the prime letters, L, M, N, O, P, the party letters, that's my favorite section of the alphabet. But it requires that continuous development. That's why I think they called it going steady because there was continuous development in that relationship. Someone's laughing at my LMNOP. <laughs> They're the party letters. I stand by that. <laughs> but that's, that's where we aim to be this year. That's where I hope your heart is this year. To grow in depth to know his voice more and more in your life. When I think of a time of someone going stagnant or entering that part of their faith where it's just not as strong as it used to be, I think about Martha and Mary. And we'll read that today. That's in Luke 10. It's verse 38 through 42. And it says this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work myself? Tell her to help me out. That's a big sister, 100%. I've been that sister. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I love that passage because there are three people, right? You're either Martha, you're Mary, or maybe you're Jesus. In this story, I'm definitely more of the Martha. (laughs) I'm preparing, preparing, and if I'm supposed to be preparing with someone else, I'm going to be looking at them like, all right, someone break out the vacuum, please. Why are you just sitting here? Any Marthas? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's the Marys, who are the emotional feelers, who are, like, captivated by what's happening. And it's very humbling to know that you're a Martha, and you might be distracted by the task. And your heart is right, because you're setting the tone for God, right? You're setting the tone for what's to come, but you're missing the mark. And if that's you, it's okay, because the Lord is saying to you that... Well, he's telling you a lesson that you need to learn. He's just saying, my child, you're doing what you think is right, and that's okay. But there's only one thing that truly matters, and that's sitting and listening. Not sitting and talking, not sitting and doing, not sitting and perfecting. Sitting and listening to the word of God. If you want your relationship to grow, you want to break out of that stagnation, you need to sit and listen. 
we get caught up in our prayers when we talk to God and they can be very like, Lord, help me, heal me, heal my friends, heal my finances, Jesus. But how often are you sitting and taking time to listen? That's what's going to give you that continuous development. Again, think of those first dates. Imagine if you did all the talking. Or even worse, imagine if they did all the talking. You'd be like, no second date, I'm good. (laughs) I'm out. It's the same thing with God. We have to listen to him, learn to listen to him, practice his presence if we want to grow deeper. And I tell you, when we put these things into practice, that's what grows us but gets us to a point where we can hear him clearly. And when you can hear him clearly, you also notice when he's not speaking, right? Which means you notice when you don't hear him or you don't hear him as loudly, as vividly as you once did. All of this works together to help you on your calling, on your mission, on your journey. It helps build the kingdom of heaven. And we can't do that. We're all on assignment here. And we can't do that if we're not spending that due diligence, doing our due diligence and spending that time with God. So if you're in a stagnant season... Here are some things that, that I do to kind of break me out of that rut. The first thing I do is I really try to set aside time for God and for his word. So that's time to pray, to listen, and time to read and get into his word. And I will confess to you, I am not a morning person at all. And I got so much freedom when I realized that it's okay if the 6 a.m. Bible study isn't for you. That literally set me free because I used to feel so guilty because you see people all the time. They have their mug, they have their butt, they have all the highlighters, and they've already put the work in, and you've barely opened your eyes. And they're like, I already spent all this time with God. What have you been doing? The answer is sleeping. I was resting in his warm embrace in my bed. <laughs> but it doesn't matter what time you, you set for God as long as you set it for God. Because God, time with God is time with God. It's good at 5 a.m., it's good at 9 p.m., it's good everywhere in between. And life is hectic. The Lord knows the type of life that you have. He knows the schedule that you maintain. And he knows when you wake up and your kids are sick that you may not be able to get to your Bible study because you have a kid throwing up. He knows that, he sees that, and he accounts for it. So take your time where and when you can. It may not be the same time every day, but as long as that time is there, you're forming a habit that is so good. And for those of you who already have that habit, kick it up a notch. Maybe your time is 6 a.m. The Lord is pushing you to do that. That's okay, too. Like I said, time with God is time with God, and it is time well spent. The next thing I do is pray. So 2 Timothy says that the Lord did not give us a spirit of fear, right? But he did not make us timid. He gave us power, love, and self-discipline or a sound mind. So if the Lord gave it to me, that means it is for me and I can use it whenever I want. So if self-discipline is the issue, pray to God, Lord, I've set this schedule. I've, I've set this time with you. Activate this spirit of self-discipline because I mean it. 
you said this was for me. Let me use that. Let me grow in that. And he will help you out. He will give you that little nudging when you're about to turn on Netflix and you're like, man, I was supposed to do something today. What was it? It's Holy Spirit telling you it was to spend time with him first. So pray. Ask God to help you with this commitment. And he will honor that. It's what his word says. We have sound minds. We have power. And we can, we can harness that and use that whenever we'd like. The third thing that I like to do is set the tone or the vibe. I think vibe matters, okay? <laughs> when you're going to spend time with God, you have to set the atmosphere to receive from him. You don't want to be in a place of distraction when you're trying to be in a time of intimacy. There's a reason when you come into our auditoriums that we have the lights down lower. It's so that you have privacy between you and God. There's a reason we have our music louder. It's so that you don't have to worry if the person to your left or to your right can hear you worship. You can just worship. It is all intentional because we want you to have a space where you can just be with God. Even if you haven't had that time all week, you can have that time here. But take some of those practices with you through your week and set the tone, set the atmosphere to receive from God. You wouldn't want to, again, go on a date and really try to hear and have this like conversation with someone for the first time at a concert when you can't hear anything. Am I right? You don't want to do that when you have children running around screaming all the time, right? You want to be in a space where you can listen actively and engage. And that's why some people have a prayer closet. They have a set space where they can shut the door and just be with God. Because the vibe, the tone, it matters. Don't be distracted. Eliminate those distractions. That's part of that power that we were talking about in 2 Timothy. Lord, bring me wisdom. Show me how I can get into a place where I'm not distracted, but I can, in fact, hear from you. Because you have wisdom for me. You have something you want to show me. So, Give me a hint. Let me know how I can do that. And then the last thing that I like to do to break out of any sort of spiritual rut that I might be in is I have to forgive myself. You have to forgive yourself if you're not hitting the mark every single day. The word says that God's mercies are new for us each day. So if he has new mercy, if he has new grace, why can't we extend that to ourselves? Like I said before, he knows the schedule that you're keeping. He knows the craziness that's going on in your life. And he says, it's okay that you skipped a day in your Bible plan. Just get back to it tomorrow. Be quick to, the way we're supposed to be quick to forgive others, we have to be quick to forgive ourselves. And I think we're so hard on ourselves and we neglect giving ourselves grace all the time because we are our own harshest critics, right? But that's not God's will for us. He says, you're forgiven. He's forgiving big things and small things. He looks at the posture and the intention of your heart, and that's what matters to him. So if your heart is for him, your heart is to know him and to know him better, that's, that's what truly matters. 
So even if you catch yourself, say, Lord, forgive me that I didn't put you first. Forgive me because I didn't, I didn't bless this meal before I ate it. And it was good. I was hungry. <laughs> and all of those situations, the Lord knows you and he sees you and he says, it's okay. Because as we put these things into practice, you grow in that. He becomes top of mind in your life. And you remember, I am supposed to pray first. I am supposed to go to, go to your word first. I'm not supposed to listen to that or watch that first. I'm supposed to be engaged in this relationship before anything else. You do not have to be stagnant in your faith, but you can be steadily growing. And that's what's so great about being in a church like this. And if you're new, welcome again. We, one of our values here is to grow, and that means growing in your faith And we want to be a community that we can walk arm in arm in to help you grow. We have people in this room who are leading groups that are challenging you in the best ways to be better and be stronger in your walk with God. We have services and things throughout the week that you can attend that will also help you grow in your your faith with God. We have content online, just any number of resources to get you there because it matters. Hearing from God matters. Knowing God from the inside matters. It absolutely changes your life. I remember last year, and I'm going to be a little vulnerable, a little honest. Last year at a 6 p.m. service, I was just in worship as, you know, as we do. If you've never been to a 6 p.m., it's a fantastic service. Check it out. Especially if you're not an early riser. You sleep all day and still get God in. Hello. But we were in a service, and the Lord reminded me of that time, my fun employment time, when I was so engaged in, in that relationship. I was so pressed in. And then he showed me what my walk had looked like comparatively, right? And I could see the times in my life where I wasn't as steady in my faith. And when I was, like, on it, I was really on it. When I wasn't on it, I was not on it, <laughs> But he told me that the prayers I prayed during that time when I was faithful are are what I'm standing on now. Those prayers set the foundation for me now. He challenged me and said, don't you want the foundation to be set for your future? So what are you doing? And I was like, "Mm, okay, yes, sir. And I I got out some old prayer journals, and I was able to look through and see where I had made requests to God that I completely forgotten about, that I'm walking in now. There are promises that he made me that left my brain, because as soon as I put them on paper, I was like, okay, shut, it's done, that I was walking in, walking in answered prayer, and I didn't even realize it. That same thing is true for you now. The relationship you're building now is your foundation for what's to come. So maybe you're at a high and you're like, things are good, right? Friends are good. Family's good. Job's good. Bills are good. They're handled. The word says that we will encounter trials. So this is how we get ready. Get ready now so that your foundation is completely set. Because he is the solid rock. That foundation is going to withstand every storm. 
It's going to carry you through when you're battling something in your health, when you're battling something in your finances, in your family. What you do now is setting you up for then. And I, I can't emphasize that enough. But I've seen it in my life in so many ways. I remember when we were getting ready to launch Fondren, and Pastor Joel called me into his office. And he was like, so we're going to open a new campus. I was like, fantastic. That's such good news. He's like, yeah, it's going to be in Fondren. And I was like, very cool. It's going to be trendy. It's going to be great. It's going to be in Dueling Hall. Fantastic. There's a disco ball. It's going to be a praise party. And then he says, I want you to be the pastor. And I was like, <laughs> what? And he was like, yeah, you. And I was like, no, 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 no. I don't know if you know this, but I do creative. I'm like behind the scenes. I'm not really like I'll go. I'm gonna help launch it, of course, because like one team, one dream. But like, no. And he kept telling me, no, I see this for you. And so it took months of me being like, if you change your mind, it's okay. You can just let me know. No hard feelings. And he was like, I'm not changing my mind. I was like, okay, you say that now. But we kept going, and I'd be like. Did you change your mind? He said, no, I have not changed my mind. He finally got like really firm with me and he was like, Hillary, stop asking me. I want you for this role. It is yours. Go for it. And I was just like, okay. So as we're prepping things and we're breaking the news to people, it's like very exciting because one, to be young and in leadership is like wild, right? And then to be a young, single female of color in leadership is a whole other thing. And I just remember telling people, I didn't even ask for this. I didn't want this. How, how did this happen? I was fine making videos. And then the Lord prompted me to look at some old prayer journals again as I was coming into this year. And I saw in one of my journals in 2018, I was writing out goals, things that I wanted to see in my life. And I wrote out that I wanted to be a campus pastor at Word of Life and like completely forgot about it. But I prayed about it and I sealed it with the Lord's blessing. And here I am walking in it. But it's because, but it's because of that devotion, that relationship As soon as I noticed it going stagnant, I said, no, I need to be steady because there are things that are waiting for me on the other side of the steadiness. There are promises that God has given me, and I don't want to get there the hard way or the long way. I want to get there God's way. And the same is true for you. There are things that you have penned in the past that you're probably just writing down just to get feelings out or like it might be a good idea. Pastor Joel's been saying this so much lately. Dead dreams are coming to life. But I would add to that, dead dreams are coming to life as long as your relationship with God is coming to life. And we have to put those two together. Because the world needs what you have. The world needs the promise that God has spoken over you. People are waiting to be blessed by you. They're waiting to be blessed by your obedience. They're waiting to be blessed by your calling. So press into him to find out what that is and to get there on time. Amen? Amen.
Well, let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you for your people. God, and I thank you for your word that is for your people. It is alive and it is breathing today, God. I thank you that you were revealing calling here and now. But more than that, you were revealing to every heart that you want a relationship, that you want to spend time with your children, not just when things are bad, but when things are great. You want to be an active part of their lives. So, Lord, I thank you now. We are turning back toward you. God, I thank you that as you call us, we are answering. God, I thank you that you have forgiven us for any misstep, for any time that we may have forgotten to spend with you, Lord. You've already forgiven us for it, so we forgive ourselves. And today, we are starting new. And just with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'd like to take a moment to just extend an invitation to you, everyone who's in this room. And if you're in this place and you're saying maybe for the first time, I want that kind of relationship. I want to be committed to God in such a significant way. Now's the time to to walk that out, to do that. Or maybe you've prayed that prayer before, but your relationship with God has grown stagnant. Now is the time to turn that around. So if that's you, would you just raise your hand quickly? It's just between you and God. That's just you saying, Lord, I choose you today. I choose this relationship today. Because he sees you and he knows you. And he's not pushing you, but he is welcoming you. Just anyone else, if that's you, just raise your hand quickly. Well, I thank you for those hands. So if everyone would just repeat after me, say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for choosing me to be in relationship with you. Today, I choose to follow you and to follow Jesus, who was sent here to die for me. And on the third day, he rose again to give me new life. Today starts the best season of my life. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. Amen.